it started out simple enough. I would log on to the internet and I'd see a couple of memes come through. I mean, they were cute and innocent enough. Stuff like, I started to bake a cake, but then I took an arrow to the knee. Oh, I see. But then they wouldn't shut up. The next thing I know, it's everywhere. Stuff that didn't make sense. Like, I used to be an arrow and then I took a knee to the face. And after that, it became personal. And, jo- and the joke was, well, Bethesda would make a new Elder Scrolls game, but then they took arrows to the knees. Everywhere I look, all I see is arrow to the knee. Well, I can see how that would be frustrating. And that's when I realized that I could be a one-trick pony, too. <laughs> you want Skyrim? You'll get Skyrim. The arrow to the knee jokes will never stop. <laughs> Skyrim on the PlayStation 4 and X-Bone. Skyrim on the Switch. Skyrim on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Skyrim on smartphones. Skyrim on Echo Dots. Skyrim on toasters. Everywhere you look, Skyrim, Skyrim, Skyrim. Okay, okay Todd, calm down. <clears throat> oh, right. Anyway, that's why Elder Scrolls 6 isn't out yet. Well, thank you, Mr. Howard. I, I know that was hard, but this is why we're in the support group. Now, who wants to share next? Uh, I, I will. Hi, I'm uh, Gabe Newell, and I'm here to talk about why I can't count to three. Well, hang on, Mr. Newell. I know you're eager, but I think Mr. Fizabay had his hand up first. Go on, Reggie. Tell us what's wrong. Well... It all started with a website called Starman.net. This is RBG Backtrack, RB Gamer's official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of PC gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear. Join hosts Kelly Ryan, Matt Mason, and the estimable Mike Minky as they and their guests tell you what to borrow, what to buy, and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky. Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we are your bi-weekly nostalgia show, and we've, we've got some nostalgia ready to go. I, I'm Kelly Ryan, and my co-host is Matt Mason. I'm that dirty one. And I'm joined by Pascal Takaya and Sam Walker and... We are talking Skyrim. Woohoo! I feel freaking old. I couldn't remember how many years of Skyrim it was. When I left work, my boss was like, what are you talking about tonight on your podcast? I'm like, is it 20 years of Skyrim? Because it feels like 20 (laughs) years of Skyrim. I know it's not. I checked before I came on, but my brain was like, it's 20, right? It's 20. No, Mm -hmm. Sam, no, it's not that long. I bet the poor people at Bethesda that have to work on the re-releases will tell you it's about 30 years. Probably. I feel like that's how much has been taken off their lives. I mean, I haven't checked. Is Skyrim running on like a birth control? Or no, I'm sorry, a a home pregnancy test now? Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Because I know someone got Doom running on a pregnancy test. They just released it for sundials, I'm pretty sure. And I I know the lady in the can that I don't want to say her name because she'll activate can play it, but that's about it. Yeah, you'll be careful with that one. She might get a little salty with you if you tell her to go on a quest. Yeah, yeah. just a little bit. I'm already I'm already mad at her for like adding additional stuff when I just tell her to remind me of something. But, oh yes, mine has started doing that too. Just in the past two weeks. 
Uh, the our robot future, ladies and gentlemen. But no, we're we're talking about our dragon past, Skyrim. Uh, yeah, I was seriously confused by what you guys were just talking about. All uh, hail our she, robot overlords. She who shall not be named. I didn't get it. It's okay, Pascal. We still love is you. A, is it a Skyrim mod? Um, technically, yes. You can play Skyrim on an Echo Dot. I it's well, an I'll audio version. It. It's an audio only version, though, but it's there. But we're we're not talking Echo Dot Skyrim. We're talking about see P- PS three Skyrim, uh, Xbox three sixty Skyrim. It, it was there was on the PC, and then the PS four, and then the PS five, and then all the Xboxes, and then the Switch version. Which I don't know if you guys remember, but they showed it running on a Switch in that uh, initial video when they showed off the Switch, and people it was were the like, very it, first one, yeah, yeah." People were like, "Is is that Skyrim running on Nintendo hardware?" And then I think it came out like a year later. Yeah, and it turned out it wasn't that great on the Switch. I, I can't imagine it would. I wonder what version they were pushing hard the day I walked in to buy Pokemon X and Y. That was probably the PS3 one, if I'm not mistaken. Cause I, it would have been yeah. a couple of years after that. I'm looking, it's 93. Or pff, 93, 2013. Again, feels uh, like 93. <laughs> 30 years ago. Almost 30 years ago. <laughs> playing this game called pokemon and they were just like well do you want to buy skyrim while you're here i mean i remember playing it um like alternating between super mario brothers on the nes and skyrim way (laughs) back when i bought it for my husband and had no idea really what it was because at the time i hadn't really played a lot of western rpgs and i watched him play and i was like i can play this and then i did and uh my poor you know, learning how to play Western RPG brain. It was, it was, ba- it was feeling like baby's first Western RPG for me. <laughs> and I was the baby. G- given that whenever I tried to play Morrowind and Oblivion, I was very overwhelmed by all the stat stuff. I was sort of glad it was baby's first Western RPG, to be honest with you, because when it comes to picking your own stats, I am a moron. Yeah, you know, I, I like math in real life, but uh, as much as I love the seeing seeing the numbers go up, I uh, don't like modifying the numbers to go up. It's it's like when you're used to Japanese RPGs, and when they just do that all that stuff for you, when I have to do it by hand, I mean, I, I'm doing it in SMT5 right now, where it's like I don't know what to do, so I just you know make all the stats even and hope that it works. <laughs> even <laughs> that's the game within a game. You try to make every every stat bar kind of the same length. Yes. I, I wow. That that actually seems like the worst possible way to go. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, in theory, yeah, but you have stats go up naturally, and then you get kind of a bonus one that you put wherever. So it's like, oh, that one's low. I'll just stick it there. But I'm also playing that one on baby mode too. Oh well, you could probably stick it wherever then. Yes, that's what it's for. Um, <laughs> Now, I mean, to say that this game made a cultural impact as far as memes and the internet and just gaming overall, it's a bit of an understatement because uh, you could not swing a stick on the internet without hearing about Skyrim 10 years ago. No, it's true. Skyrim was, it's a beast in a lot of ways. And it's something that even if you got sick of hearing about it, it just kind of kept rearing its ugly head back out. Mm -hmm. It's like a Hydra. You cut the heads off and it keeps coming back. I mean, I honestly don't know how popular the Elder Scrolls series was up until this point. I think it had obviously like its its big following, but Skyrim I think was kind of the the big one that got 
people who weren't interested in Elder Scrolls interested in Elder Scrolls. Yeah. And I think it's because it was very approachable. Again, you and I talking about the fact that Western RPGs kind of are not necessarily our jam, but it's not Mm -hmm. like Skyrim was a difficult game to figure out in a lot of ways. Like, yes, there were lots of different stats that you could put your points into and whatnot, but the game never felt overwhelming in that sense. Like, for me, the overwhelming part was just the fact that it was such a big world. Yeah. A big, glitchy world. <laughs> yeah, and I don't... And I think the fact that it being on... You know, being heavily promoted on PS3 and Xbox at the time. Because I think Oblivion did uh, did pretty well on those two platforms. So they were really pushing that version of it. And because it reached a broader audience as console players as well as PC players, it just became a monster. Absolutely. True. It's 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 an interesting cultural phenomenon, especially given now that again Skyrim is literally on everything. I mean um, that's, I'm always, that's a joke. <laughs> I'm always impressed every time they re release Skyrim because there's always a part of my brain that's like, I get that you think you're gonna get more money, but are you going to get more money? And of course I'm always proven wrong. Yeah, it's that weird little bit of just like, I do wonder what keeps people coming back to it in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, we can Aren't get into it. Are you all here the... to talk about that tonight? Yeah, we'll, well, we'll I, get into I'm the magic of it. That, so. <laughs> I'm curious, when was the last time that we all went back to it? Um, I only played it once, so and it was when it came. I, never. <laughs> I played it for the first time this year. So you'll have Ooh. the freshest brain of all of us. Yes. Um, yeah, I haven't played it. I mean... Um, I, I played, played it ad nauseum. Uh, yeah, same here. And and I ruined it for myself. I played it. I played. I played at probably a hundred hours plus. But then that also meant I was heartily finished with it, and I've not gone back. <laughs> that that's the one thing I will always give any Bethesda RPG is the worlds are huge. There's lots to do. The environmental storytelling is always interesting. The actual story is always crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I about Skyrim. I remember when Michael Cunningham, God rest his soul, reviewed it for us. And he beat the story in under, I think it was like 15 hours. So he could get the review done. And he's like, I need to go back and actually play some more of this. He's like, but wow, this is the dumbest story. Yeah, if you just, <laughs> if you play it for review, and that's, then you're actually getting the worst side of Skyrim. I you are. I think that's that's true of, again, any I feel like any Bethesda or Obsidian RPG, if you just literally blitz it for the story, you're missing the yeah. entire experience because you don't play those games for their main stories. Their main stories, again, are more cookie cutter. Again, this one is literally, you're the Dovahkiin! Good fucking for you! Whatever the fuck that means! By the way, go fight this dragon. Okay. You go fight the dragon, then you go fight some other fucking things, and that's what I remember. And then you win! You go to some kind of Nord heaven. <laughs> yeah, and or then you have to I fight some stuff up. there, too. No, no, you... I mean, no, that's right. True. You still have to fight stuff in Nord heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. Here's me thinking I made that up. <laughs> You're right. You have to go to Nord heaven. To You're right, but things. that's as far as I remember it, too. I don't know what actually happens after you do fight something there. You fight the you fight the ultimate dragon, I think, there? And then I guess that's it. Probably cred, uh, credits game over. I don't know. Yeah, I'm because I I got to the end point. Yeah, credits do roll, and then it just puts you back in the world. And it's like, oh, you can do you other go. stuff now. It's cool. Now have fun. That's right. So yeah, it's, you fight you fight the ultimate dragon, Pascal. You are one hundred percent right because I'm rereading the synopsis. 
<laughs> and then basically he's gone. You you basically save the Norse people, and then oh man, that's it. <laughs> you you killed Alduin. You're, you're good. Yeah. I I I booted up my my Steam account so that I could see when I last played, and that was June 30th. So yeah, it is fresh in my mind. But I also found run into an article that says how to win Skyrim. Number one, hit continue or hit new game. Number two, wait your beginning cutscene. Number three, kill everything. Number four, loot everything. Number five, question mark, and then number six is profit. Uh, I don't know about that looting thing. <laughs> uh, when I remember I was playing Skyrim once with my D&D group being in the room. Like, we'd finished playing, we are just dicking around with the game. And I remember them saying to me, you know, steal that sweet roll. And I was like, why? And they're just like, just do it. Let, let's see what happens. Let's see if you get away with it. And me, of course, I'm not stealthy. My character's not built for stealth. I get caught and my husband puts yakety sacks on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I got murdered by the man over a sweet roll. <laughs> Isn't there even a line about a sweet roll? I can hear it. I can hear it in my mind. I'm trying to think, but it's not coming. One of the NPCs loves to talk about a sweet roll. I think that was the guy I stole it from. I got murdered for it. And my husband's like, serves you right for stealing that sweet roll. And I was like, you told me to do it! He's like, well, you're not supposed to listen to me. I'm an asshole. So I learned my lesson. The, the lesson is, don't steal shit from people in Bethesda games. It's often not worth it, especially yeah. for a fucking sweet roll. Yeah, see, um, I thought the lesson yeah. was steal, but put a barrel over their head first. Also a good strategy. Um, see, when I think of Skyrim, there are so many elements that I think about that were done better in other Bethesda games. <laughs> Um, like one of the one of the characters that everybody liked to make memes about was Lydia, and Lydia was the first uh, NPC you get. She was also the most useless. She a companion. She was the first companion you get. Like from the Companions Guild, I mean, isn't that what they're called? Yes, uh, yeah. I believe I believe so. Yeah, and she was kind of funny because people had the problem of there was a weird glitch at one point with Lydia where people tried to kill her and like they just couldn't. It's like, but I should be able to kill everybody in this world. I remember once I killed Lydia and my game glitched and her corpse was on the ground, but her legs were still moving. I was like, well, I don't want this bitch following me. I'm trying to get rid of her. It was the creepiest <laughs> thing. Then I was like, well, I'll reload my game. So she was alive in my game. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want you. And every time I tried to part ways, she'd be like, no. And I'd be like, you're done. we're supposed to part ways. I, I don't want you. Like, I have better choices. <laughs> so I decided at one point, I was like, I'm going to see how far I can go and see if Lydia follows me. So I think I like, because I'm the worst at using fast travel. I was like, I'm going to walk around. <laughs> I was like, maybe Lydia will die to a dragon. She's fucking invincible. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I hate you, game. She's the most annoying follower and I just want to get rid of her. And I don't know why, like, when I say I don't want her, because she just goes back to your house. If you tell her that you don't want her, like, she she just goes back to your house if you have a house. Yeah. And it's like, it's... I don't want you in my house being a creeper if I'm having sex with people. Like, no! She's the creeper that watches. See, I think I ended up just leaving her in my house. And then when I got another house in the um, Stormcloak capital, I just kind of left her in the old house. I forgot about her so many times. And then I'd go back to my house and I'm like, you're still here. That's funny because in my mind, I thought I had married her. Um, but now I'm kind of wondering, because you're right, she's always at my house. I wonder if that's 
if she just, you know, went to my house and over time I just kind of decided, okay, I guess we're married now. <laughs> I, I can tell you who I married. How the common I'm, law thing comes about. <clears throat> yeah. Because I, I actually have a good story about marriage in Skyrim because, okay, so this is my one of my first Western RPGs. And one thing I loved was I didn't know about the amulet of Mara. I just thought it was a random item and I took put it on. I go to the town with the mining, like the the mine, and all of a sudden I start talking to this the, the miner's daughter. And all of a sudden she's like, Yes, I will marry you. I'll meet you in Riften. I must have been half asleep. My husband's like, Do you know what dialogue you picked? I'm like, No, I'm tired and I'm just pushing buttons. He's like, you- <laughs> You guys are, she wants to marry you. And I was like, oh, Matt, we're fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I, I was like, why do I have to, like, why, why is there a new quest here? It's like, all right, let's see what this is. So here's me rushing through dialogue options and not paying attention. <laughs> and so I go to Riften, which, by the way, I'm wanted in Riften. <laughs> I'm wanted, so I can't even go in there safely. So I had to blitz through Riften in hopes that nobody would murder me to get to the church. Enemies are coming into the church, and I am standing at the altar with this random woman. The game goes, you know, you're married. And my husband goes, did you just accidentally get lesbian married? And I'm like, I think I did. Um, Oops, also, got married. Um, this is interesting. So we had a song growing up, which was, accidental lesbian marriage because Sam's a fucking moron. <laughs> that was the song we used to sing every time that I was reminded that I had my accidental lesbian marriage. <laughs> so later on, the story continues, I forget my wife exists. So I go back to town. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. She gave me a pie. This is great. Um, so I installed one of the DLCs where you could choose between being a vampire or a werewolf. So I was like, ah, oh, cool. This is great. I'm going to be a werewolf. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to choose a random town to terrorize. Which town do you think I picked? Uh, the one you're wanted in. The coal no, the one where my, that's right. The oh, one, right. The one with the miner's daughter. Guess who accidentally killed her lesbian wife? No. <laughs> because she was not paying attention. Oh, this again. Idiot. Okay. Man, I'm starting <laughs> to feel bad for that NPC. Oh, I know. My husband looks, he goes, what were you thinking? And I was like, I don't remember what town my wife's in. He goes, you just killed your wife. Now you're She was so again. unremarkable to you. <laughs> First you accidentally like, marry her, then you accidentally kill her. I know, I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> I, I, and all I said to him, it's like, well, you know, she did give me a pie once. And Scott was like, <laughs> yes, that's exactly how you want to remember her wife. She gave you a pie once. And I was like, well, it was it was a good marriage. Well, at last he's like, you murdered her as a werewolf. And I was like, only because I didn't remember where she was. And in my head, I'm going, why didn't I think about my other house where Lydia is? I could have killed her as a werewolf. No, I killed my wife. So th- this is this is what I learned about playing Skyrim. Um, you need to pay attention because you might accidentally get married in the town that you're wanted in because you made poor life choices. So don't do what I did. This is your cautionary tale, listeners. Don't do what Sam did. Make smarter choices. And thus, the longest intro in Backtrack history has been recorded. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's. Oh, like... it's great to be with y'all here tonight. What are we no, going to talk I... about again? Um, uh, Elder Scrolls Five. Backtrack intro. No, uh, see, this is what's awesome about having Sam on. You just let her go. You don't question <laughs> I'm so it. Sorry. 
<laughs> no, it's cool. I don't care. I love this kind of stuff. This is the kind of content that we have you on for. Either um, I hit stop, hit record, and you say it then, or you just keep going. It, it's all the same. And then what, it's you splice it together? The oh, magic no. of editing it... will make it beautiful. <laughs> okay. The magic of editing is this is just all going up in the order you say it. Okay. So, That'd be uh, the magic of non-editing, though. <laughs> needless to say, I think we're chomping at the bit to get into this game. So let's take a I quick, think so. a, a brief break, and then come back. And we were just going to dive in with both barrels in Skyrim. So stick around. Welcome back to RPG Backcheck, where we are chomping at the bit to get into Skyrim. Originally released November 11th, 2011. Ten years ago. And you guys feeling old yet? Because I this, this made me feel really old this week. I feel uh, old for jumping the gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's perfectly fine. Um, I mean, I don't because I didn't care about re-releases and or anniversaries coming up anymore. So I, I, I kind of didn't even know. Are you saying that time is a construct? Yes. Is it? I don't remember. Time is a sweet roll, okay? Yes, time is a sweet roll. So Skyrim was developed using the creation engine, which was made specifically for this game. And... Like we were talking about um, in the, in the intro, they really tried to optimize this to be have it be. I don't know if they wanted it more accessible or just e- easier for the console player to understand because they just hit. What am I trying to say? That they just you said the right word. Like yeah. it is, it is a much more accessible game. Especially, I tried to go back to Oblivion after I'd played this, and I just remember being very frustrated with how much I hated the UI in Oblivion compared to Skyrim. Yeah, they streamlined Uh, everything a lot. Which is funny because if you try to play Skyrim on the PC, you can tell that it's optimized for consoles because it feels the UI feels very clunky on PC. At least that's what I felt. Uh, but, but yeah, just not, not having to worry about stats, not having to worry about proficiency or stuff, just whatever you use, you get good at. And the more you use it, the, the more you keep getting good at it. So I ended up doing a kind of a magic slash sword build where it's like one hand is my sword and one hand is my lightning because I, of course, I went full Sith Lord. And that pretty much got me through the entire game. And that is the right combo, if I'm being honest. Like, there are lots of options in this game for how you can build your character, but only some of them really actually feel useful. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to... Lightning is, is your best friend. If I can just have lightning fingers, that fixes all of my problems. See, I wanted to try and get into, like, doing arrows and stuff, but after a while, it's like, I cannot hit the broadside of a barn with a freaking arrow in this game. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was pretty much arrows all the way. Arrows, arrows were great if you were again if you were patient enough to figure it all out. I did some arrows, like I did put a little bit into arrows, and I put a lot into sword and board because I wanted to feel like super old school Norse mythology, bro. Uh, given I played like a Nord lady, because at the time I was like I could be a kitty person or an alligator, but I think I'm going to play a human because I'm lame. Should have played. I realized it was like I didn't get to play the crocodile person. I got to play a human because at the time I was like, I want to be a pretty girl. <laughs> Learn my lessons in other games, but you know. Yeah. Well, she pretty can, in like quotation marks, I think. I was going to say, everyone in the Bethesda games is shit. Yep. <laughs> everyone got hit by the ugly stick a little too hard. Uh, yeah, the, the faces in this game are very uncanny value. Yes. I think that was one of the first mods that I had downloaded was to fix the faces. Not a thing Pascal and I had playing on 360, eh, Pascal? Yeah. No mods yeah. to prettify everybody. Everybody was hit with the stick. Yeah, no, it was not good times. So so how how was how did that encumbrance work for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you you get a house. Um so You that, put all your shit in the house. Yep. Hope you, you remember where your house is, yep. Uh, well, you put it in the bottomless um, chest that's in the house. Well, or yeah. any bottomless chest, but yeah. That, that's how I solved problems. Yes, um, f- first off, I, I downloaded the mod to remove encumbrance, and then I mm. d- did something to fix the faces. And I think those were the only two mods that I really rolled with. I think there was like, oh, and a, and a better inventory one that actually let me search my inventory and let me sort it, because my god, the inventory menu in that game drives me up the freaking wall uh, you know the inventory menu that in most Bethesda games have not been fixed because they're gonna you know use the creation engine until they die yeah everything since Skyrim has been made on the creation engine yeah yeah and and to no one's surprised if you know me at all I rolled the Khajiit because I am cat I am always cat uh Again, I like the Not lizard surprised. people. The Argonians are pretty. Like they, they slap, and I'm again a little mad at myself that I did not pick them. My husband did. He liked he liked the Argonians. So again, I was doing the. Can I make a really pretty girl? Yeah, that's okay. I think I played a Nord too. Just like be a boring Nord. Boring Nord. I think it's one of the better like character builds though. It is. I mean, again, if I'm not mistaken, it's the balanced build, is it not? Yep. Well, because I think sure. it's if you had the, uh, if you picked any of the other races, you had, like, likely, here's what you're super good at, but here's what you're really bad at. <laughs> yeah, don't the Norths have some kind of uh, natural resistance, though? Yes. Yeah, they, they were the, yeah, it was like, it was to the cold, especially, so it was handy for that end part of the game, right? Um, oh, God. Yeah. All the races had something unique about them in terms of, like, both their stats and abilities. Like, they all got, like, one unique thing. Do I remember what all of them are? No. Did I care when I was playing? Not really, because, as I've told you all, I don't pay attention sometimes. Hey. Um, but Skyrim was was a neat experience given, again, it gave you lots of different options you had the ability, again, to kind of build your character any way that you wanted, based with, like again, the parameters. But there was a lot of choice, I think, you know, well, uh, given I what mean, they provided you with. Like, character build-wise, sure, you have, like, choice um, for of stats, but I, I, I don't think it impacts your game in any way as far as, like, story or what happens no. during your game. I'm pretty sure it's just a cookie-cutter. Whatever you pick, you'll have the exact same experience. 
like the experience is what you make it. it has nothing to do with what you chose at, at the character screen see i remember because again this is one of my first western RPGs. i was like super impressed with like the amount of choice but i'm older and wiser now and i realized like exactly what you said pass i was like wait this doesn't matter why did I think this mattered? I remember being so mad when I finished it. And I was like, here's me thinking I put all my stats in different spots. And then my husband's like, it's never going to matter because all you do is go up and you punch everything. He's like, you didn't change your strategy. You punched everything. You tried to punch a dragon because you thought you could. <laughs> and that dragon showed you. And I was like, and then I got strong enough that I could punch it back. Because that's the other stupid thing about this game. You want to like put all your stats, no, like all your points into one thing. You can be so godlike. Like, I'm going to put all my points into sword. I'm going to suck at everything else, but I'm going to be great at sword. You can kill your dragon by putting all your points in sword. <laughs> if you want to put all your points in punch, you can punch a dragon in this game. <laughs> you want to put all your points bow? You can bow that dragon. Um, this game was a little OP, depending on how you put your stats in. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a bit. Um, I couldn't get over how just ridiculous magic was in this game. Magic um, is hella OP in this game. Uh, especially compared to, like, other Western RPGs that were on the market for, you know, doing a magic class. Like, I think a Dragon Age, and I don't remember magic being as OP in Dragon Age the way it was in Skyrim. <laughs> I think, like, magic really was, like, a win button solution. Like, literally, you just walk up to like, magic and, like things died oh yeah especially if you do the magic guilds uh quest chain yes because for, for getting that when you get a robe that pretty much just instead heals your mana over time the college so, of winterhold yeah college of winterhold which uh, that was a really good side quest i might add um but we'll, well get into that. Yeah, so I, I was gonna say like for the most part I think the side quests can be described as, well, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it made me, like, super mage kitty, and I'm fireballing things left and right, and I'm, you know, using ice magic and stuff. And But my, my favorite was still the Force Lightning, just because pretending that I'm Darth Sidious as a cat in a Viking-themed area is just my, my kind of fantasy. See, my favorite quest in Skyrim, outside of obviously doing... The Temple of Mara one, because let's spread love throughout Skyrim. Because I did it by accident. Um, <laughs> I like the Thieves Guild quest. Like, I, that was actually where I put a lot of my focus on when I was playing Skyrim. Was I, I love the Thieves Guild, despite uh, being the worst at stealth in every video game I play. I have this weird insistency that one day I'm going to get better at it, and then I never do. <laughs> <laughs> I still rush in like a fool, like, I can kill everything! And Scott be like, um, sweetie, like, the whole point of this bit was stealth. And I'm like, I'm going to kill it anyways! Uh, in this conversation, you've all learned, I'm pretty impatient. <laughs> I think it's the Canadian in me. Well, the way um, I mean, the way stealth works is you crouch down, and anybody who can see you at the time will eventually, like, turn away or walk somewhere else, and then you're magically stealthed again. Like, the fact that everybody saw you crouching in the corner <laughs> yeah. does not factor into it. You are hidden from the world now. I thought that was hilarious. Like, when I played that game, I'm like, I'm crouching. This guy is clearly in front of me. He does not see me. I'm going to steal his whatever's in his pockets. <laughs> And that's when they would freak out. Because <laughs> they'd be like, ah, you're touching my pockets. But if you had, you know, like, high stealth, 
good chance that like they never noticed you taking from their pockets. See, I'm a little disappointed because one of my favorite things I like to do in Fallout was put dynamite in people's pockets and then run away. <laughs> so you can't do that in Skyrim, and I'm very upset about that because that would have solved many of my problems um, with everybody hating me in Riften. <laughs> Curse you, Riften. <laughs> See, one of the side quests had me having to go pickpocket something, or not, no, steal something from a stall while somebody else did a distraction. And I kept failing that quest because every time this like stupid woman would follow me and watch me the whole time, and I think that was the whole point, was that she was supposed to watch you. So it's like, lady, go away. So I punch her in the face and then cause an incident. And end up stealing the thing and running and getting uh, credit for the quest. But it was like, oh my god, just go away so I can steal the thing. Just go. That is one thing I love. Go ahead, Pascal. You go first. uh, Sam needs um, a quest in Skyrim like they had in in Fallout 3, um, where you basically get to decide to push the button and wipe that starting town right off the fucking map. I actually kept all those assholes alive. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if it was Riften, though, like, we know what you would choose. Oh, no, I would have blown them all up. Push the button. Just push the button. I, I will segue just to follow up for a second. Do you remember how there was that quest, Pascal, called Big Town? Uh, where you have to escort the one guy to Big Town because he's too old to be in Little Lamplight? You bet no, your ass. Way too specific. Well, <laughs> no, I don't remember anything I will like tell that. you a story that will eventually circle back to this. Fallout 3? The big kid. In Fallout 3, there is okay. a big kid, and he's like, I am so excited that I get to go to Big Town because I'm an adult now. And he was so fucking annoying. Like, he tells you horrible jokes. He annoys you the whole walk there. And he's wearing a birthday hat. <laughs> so I get him to Big Town, and I shot him in the back of the head, and I took his birthday hat. <laughs> Literally got him into the town. Because I was just like, I can't listen to these jokes anymore. Scott's like, what did you do? And I'm like, he pissed me off. And this is one of the only games where I can cite my rage on people. But also, I got a birthday hat out of it. <laughs> In Skyrim, I did the same damn thing. The stupider the hat, I wore it. I Actually, I love how ugly most of the clothing in skyrim is oh god ugly like skulls and stuff and i was like oh i went from being like my girl needs to be super pretty to oh my god is this a ram's head i'm gonna put this on my face oh man why does my clothes look like it's dripping in blood this is great she won't pretty no more yeah i unfortunately my poor kitty girl just had a hood on most of the game, so di- didn't really do a whole lot for her looks, but it- it's def- definitely sold that mage illusion at least. Um, I no, I did. I wish I could have worn the hat that's on the the box art, or not the box art, but you know the the Skyrim hat, the hat that's depicted in every version yeah. of the Dovahkin. I wanted to wear that one, but that hat's like useless. It's a bad hat. There, there's a lot of bad hats. <laughs> Most of the hats in Skyrim don't really protect you from anything. Um, that's true in all Bethesda games. The best hats, not good for anything other than being a hat. Um, but bringing in the Dovahkin, just real quick getting into the main story of the game. There's basically a giant dragon that's going to destroy the world, and you have to go kill it. That's the story. That's That's it. the story. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's a lot of like other dragons who are just well, around. A, yeah, there's bad. also the, the the civil war. Oh, the so, civil war that nobody cares about because both sides are nope. stupid. Both but sides. I mean, yeah. So like 
both of those storylines start like during the um, tutorial scene. You, you got the Civil War stuff go, starting right away, and you've got the um, well, obviously the dragon attack. And I couldn't care less about either one of those things. See, I ended up going with the Civil War story, specifically with the Ulfric, because I have a friend that does fan comics um, with Ulfric, and that's sort of how I learned about that character, and it's like, I'm going to see what this guy is all about, and I ended up becoming, you know, basically his right-hand man. And while that story wasn't anything to write home about, I did kind of like that character and kind of appreciated just how cool, cool he kind of was. Um, and at the time, I didn't realize that that was him in the opening scene with he's like on the wagon with you uh, while you're going to go get beheaded. Um, and, and I go just going through the whole storyline. That's how I ended up in a house in that with a house in that town. And that that quest line ends with a raid on one of the imperial cities that felt like it went on forever because I couldn't figure out who I needed to kill to get that whole raid to stop. And I don't know if either of you guys did any of that. Uh, probably. I think I did, like, everything <laughs> as much as I could. But I, I was very not invested in, in the main storyline, including the Civil War. I mean, obviously, I remember old freaking stuff. But no, I <laughs> could tell you. Though I, I will say one of the cool bits cooler bits about the main storyline is the quest where you have to go trap a dragon in a castle keep yeah no that was pretty cool but i mean that's like that's no it's a good idea uh but it isn't i I don't think it's necessarily like engaging from like a like carrying it out from a technical perspective it's not oh that was fun gameplay yeah but it's like it was a neat idea sure yeah, it, it did make me kind of upset. It's like, well, I can't ride around on this dragon whenever I want to. That's kind of a missed potential there. <laughs> I think overall, dragons kind of uh, bored me after... Well, so there's the dragon in the um, in the opening scene that basically uh, gives you your freedom and saves you from being beheaded. And then, depending on how fast you carry on with the main story, there's another dragon not too long after that. Um, I think it's like it's meant to be the first um, scripted like dragon attack. It's when the guards from it, I was gonna say River Run, but it's not. It's Riften, isn't it? When I um, think so. there's like a watchtower being near the city being attacked by a dragon, and I think you actually like are sent that way maybe to go like help out, mm-hmm. or or I think maybe you get sent there prior to the dragon attack. Whatever. Um, but that's like the last dragon related thing that I remember being interesting as far, um, any, like after that there, they, they just become like, I got so much more interested in, so like Sam was saying, like the environmental storytelling, um, that anytime a dragon decided to randomly spawn and like attack me, it was just, uh, kind of an annoying, um, an annoying chore to deal with other than the fact that like, oh yeah, I get a dragon soul and dragon bone stuff that i can sell and that's gonna weigh down my encumbrance for a while yeah it always felt like the dragons attacked me at the most inappropriate times like fast traveling to the top of a mountain with my horse and i'm like wait i hear something oh god there's a dragon and it knocked me halfway down the mountain and then my horse tried to you know kick it and that that was a bad idea for the horse because that horse got kicked into oblivion no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> there was another time when I had accidentally woke up like some demi lich or something at the top of the mountain. 
and I'm like fighting this demi lich and this dragon at the exact same time, and these things are both just kicking my ass. So I had to do, do a lot of quick save loading for that bit. And yeah, it, it seemed like the dragon attacks always came at the worst times, but it also seemed like when I needed to get dragon souls so that I could go uh, power word hunting, they were never around. Mm. Uh, well, I made a choice early on in my playthrough that I did not use fast travel during the game, um, and so I, I I ran into you know quite a few dragon attacks, and they became uh, old and annoying very fast. So wait, you didn't use fast travel? Yeah, no. I, if if I went somewhere, I walked there. Well, or you know, rode a horseback. I think I might have taken um, I might have I might have taken a carriage once or twice, maybe. But that's it. Yeah, um, because I like I said, I got much more interested in like the stuff you just randomly run into in the wild, and fast travel means you don't. So if I needed to go across the map to go um to make progress on on one quest or another i i walked my ass there because along the way like you could be sure i would probably spend like the next like three weeks just doing random shit that you run into in the um on the on the map and eventually i'll get to where i needed to be and turn in the quest that i'm actually doing i i kind of have to use fast travel to curb my add because otherwise i will try to do anything everything which you know is a good thing for this game but also like i have other games that i want to play so at, at some point i need to do stuff well it's i'm kind of glad i did it that way because it's really the reason why i enjoyed skyrim if i hadn't done it and missed out on the just like miscellany in the world i probably would have not enjoyed it nearly as much yeah no, no, that's that's a fair take because i mean whatever i would just kind of like pick a direction and go it's like ooh, a cave i wonder what's in this cave yeah. and that's and, and, that's how i found a light sword apparently and swore fealty to a light god and i didn't even know i could do that and there's there's almost always I think there is almost always something not like loot necessarily only but there's almost always some sort of little side story to find like any cave or ruins you come across if you search like you're likely to find like a journal of I don't know like you know the uh, uh, um, an expedition that went there and ran into um, misfortune and then while you're just going through for no for no real reason you're kind of also following up on that storyline and you're finding like journal entries or a letter or who knows what right like there's almost always something to find. Did, did you guys get sucked into reading the books? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some of the stories were really silly, but I I like. I liked some of the stories in Skyrim. I thought they were a lot of fun most of the time. I mean, that's where you get just some of the best, like, little zingers and stuff like that. Just of people having upset conversations about their neighbors or just kind of what's going on in the world. And, again, sometimes you learn, like, some gory details about how people were surviving. Um, the environmental storytelling is one of Bethesda's. It always has been Bethesda's stronger suit in a lot of ways. That's why... Having the main story be you go fight the dragon, ooh, dragon, um, is such a letdown in a lot of ways because you feel like there there should have been more to that game uh, than just go fight the dragon. You killed the dragon, yay! Because again, how do you make yeah. a ninety hour game off of that? You you literally can't. Uh, but I I don't know. Like I'm I'm having such a hard time remembering a lot of the side quests. I remember more from the DLCs, like the Dragonborn DLC tried to expand on um, the ending of the game because you literally could not play Dragonborn unless you had a... Hold on a sec. Yeah, you literally had to... I was just double-checking my information. You literally had to have finished the game in order to do that. 
Um, but yeah, just. Yeah, I, I probably don't remember like actual side missions as much either. I mean, I remember like the major guild quests and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I also got sucked into reading the books. Um, and and quite a few of them are just like exactly that. Like they're actual books. They're not they're not all like about the the people that you're meeting, but they're like stories that somebody wrote, like completely fictional stories about who knows what. I I appreciate books within video games that tell yeah. their own story. That's another kind of storytelling I I like, and e even if it's just uh, like lore and yeah, just lore about the world, it's it's very neat. And then um, there's the books about um, the other regions. Like um, okay, so <laughs> well. <laughs> Like some some books, of, I think there's like a book series you find, and uh, in it uh, it talks about a traveler, and he goes to Morrowind and, and all the other places that I can't name because I'm a noob on on Elder Scrolls. I, I was like, about to ask, so I think none of us have played any other Elder Scrolls game, have we? Uh, so I did try playing um, Morrowind on the. I think it was on the actual Xbox and I got as far as so if I remember correctly like, like this is another 10 years before Skyrim of course right so mm -hmm. 20 years ago um, I think you start the game on a boat or at least you're on a boat like very very early on um, and then you get off the boat and you're supposed to go <laughs> play the game so I think I got as far as like the harbor master's hut or whatever hut is right next to like the pier where you where you get off the boat and I mm -hmm. went in and I found a bookshelf and can you guess What's what, what's what's about to happen? And I, I realized, oh, I can pick these books up and I can open them and read them. And I probably spent two hours in front of the bookshelf, and then I got like tired, and I re and you know, time to turn the game off. And then later I realized, like, wow, that game was like nothing. <laughs> I spent two hours reading books, and I was not motivated to ever come back to it a second time. So that was my time with Morrowind there. Yeah, I tried to play Morrowind on the original Xbox, and I, I've I've always been allergic to especially older Western RPGs where they just kind of move you through the tutorial and then stick you in the world and are like, okay, now f find out what you need to do next. And but Morrowind was particularly bad about that, where it's like, I have no idea where I need to go or what I need to do or who I need to talk to to advance this main story. And I, I realized with Western RPGs, especially the Elder Scrolls series, that's kind of not the point is that you're supposed to kind of explore and stuff like that. But mm. I didn't know that at the time. I just, I'm used to Japanese RPGs where they just kind of, you know, funnel you in the right direction. So that, and it's that such a big probably, difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that so might have been I, my my downfall. Like I was not prepared for the overkill of freedom. And like I said, like it led to just going, you know, even even being able to just stand in a bookcase and read. And and mm -hmm. I, it was just like it was overwhelming. And I, I just could I didn't go back, which is very unfair to the game. I appreciate that Skyrim did I did a much better job of that because it kind of you know, you go through the underground prison after the opening bit, and the say, guy kind of say that the op before you even get there, like just that opening scene, um, is is pretty great. Yeah, N yeah. Not, and I don't, I don't just mean the the ride in the cart. I mean like everything that could be considered like tutorial. I guess up until you get to it's River Run, right? Like this, mm -hmm. the first city you get to. I know there was one called River Run somewhere. I think everything until you get to River Run. Which is, I know you can kind of plot your own course before you get there and kind of skip going there for a while. Um, but I'm, I'm sure most players at that stage probably just kind of follow the first direction they're given, which is go there. Um, yeah. And then you're you're more or less set loose a little bit more. 
Um, but like everything up to that point is pretty great. Yeah. Kind of great. They, they give you a couple of different quests in River Run that you can branch off to if you're not going to start the main story right away. So they, they do a much better job of kind of easing you into that open world thing so that you're not as overwhelmed like I was when, yeah. um, when I first started Morrowind and, and Oblivion to a degree. Yeah, I tried, I've also tried, tried Oblivion. <laughs> I didn't make it probably much further than you did in Oblivion either. I, yeah. I didn't get far in Oblivion either. I again I just I hated the UI in Oblivion so much. And that that was always like why when I looked at Skyrim and I'm like, I don't know much about Western RPG UI, but this I understand. Yeah. And, and Oblivion it, also had a good intro though. That's the one where yes. you're in the underground prison and so you're not given all that choice right off the bat. Like you kind of have to do some stuff before you're before you turn free. I remember being freaked out by the amount of choice. Like I didn't find it over like I found it overwhelming. But I also felt like I was a kid with a bunch of pixie sticks in that I could just kind of vibrate on any frequency I wanted and I could do whatever I wanted. And again, I, I didn't know. It's like, do I play a good person? Do I play a bad person? And I remember like I was asking my husband a billion questions while we were playing it because I was like, does it matter? And he goes, it doesn't matter if you're good or evil in this world. Like the game is not save the baby, eat the baby. He's like, there are other games that where that is totally how morality works. He goes, but Skyrim, he's like, the morality is a bit more on the grayer side. Like, you can do things that are pure evil and you can do things that are super good, but does it really affect the outcome of the game? I I don't remember it really doing that, especially compared to like playing Fallout 3 or playing, um, what's another good example of save the baby, eat the baby, um, or Fallout 4. You know, where it's a lot more knows the world. Playing your paragon and your renegade in, uh, yeah, in Aftermath. Right? Uh, you know, Skyrim was very good at just being like, you can be as evil as you want. You can be as good as you want. You can be as neutral as you want. Um, the only thing that matters is just when you make your choices. Yes, there are consequences. But there are consequences where you can, again, take them into your own hands and just find a solution. Like, again... I look at my being wanted in Riften as a case of, I also could have just went and murdered everybody in Riften. And that's still a choice, right? Like, I could have just killed everybody in the town, and that would have been a solution to me being wanted. The downside, of course, is I think I was, like, a low-level noob. Like, don't think I actually could have killed all the guards in Riften by myself. Um, but, you know, if I had those sweet werewolf powers, you bet your ass I could have killed everybody in Riften. Man, yeah, I want to try that. <laughs> I'm having to pull up a map because I can barely remember any of the names of the... I just remember, like, Riften, again, was where the Thieves' Guild was. And then there was the one that was attached to, like, this giant wall. I remember, like, that was a whole big main quest, was the whole, like, you know, you have to go in there and kind of... That's one of the sides you could pick, if I remember correctly. Attached to the wall? <laughs> Not attached mean? to the people behind the wall! Words are hard. What? There's a, if I remember correctly, there is a town, and I'm going to look it up, Skyrim Towns, because we have the internet. I think it's I, White Run. Oh, no, wait, no, White Run is the first White Run is like the, yeah. Um, um, Wind, Windhelm. Windhelm, maybe. I, there's Windhelm one I'm thinking you... of, oh, it's hmm. this one. Okay, so it's it's Markarth. Uh, Markarth was the one that is carved into living rock itself. So it was, this, this, it was the town that was basically made in the mountainside is it somewhere in the west of the map i believe so <laughs> i don't remember the name sounds familiar what the hell is markarth i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what markarth is 
Because I remember there being a lot of weird shit in there. Um, so there was the Silverblood family, and they own the mine. That's where, like, that's the area where the miners' village is. Oh, that's the mining town. So there's the okay. mining town that's next to it. Like, there's a little town next to it, and then there is Markarth. And when you start the quest in the mining town, it takes you to Markarth because you have to deal with the Silverblood family and the mine because there's, like, an issue with, like, how they're treating the workers and all that stuff. Um, oh, it's right. not a, It's not that memorable of a quest. The only reason it was memorable to me was, again, I, I married the miner's daughter during that quest. <laughs> See, somehow, and I think it was probably because I was loyal to Ulfric, somehow I ended up getting a wanted level in Whiterun. And then eventually you take over that town as the Stormcloak, so that kind of became a non-issue. I don't After even that. remember who I was loyal to. That's like how long it's been. I, yeah, that's I, familiar. I think I did stuff. that. But also, I think by the time I got to Windhelm, I had accidentally killed some Windhelm citizens, so... I, I was getting killed on site there too, and had to like go into the console and manually reset whatever <laughs> wanted level that I had, because um, oh. <laughs> it screwed up what I wanted to do. Um, I, I used that console a lot on the PC version, by the way. Um, I, I gave myself a thousand lockpicks. So, um, by the way, like the the consequence of having a wanted level in a city might be realistic, but it's I don't really enjoy that as as a as a system of like here's a consequence to your actions. Again, I would rather have something that doesn't prevent me from playing the game, just has like an effect on how the game plays out narratively. And I honestly don't remember there being a lot of that in um, Skyrim. It's, it's like Sam said, like the morality system doesn't really affect. Uh, a whole lot other than what like you wanted level and is that really it yeah i think so and it's one of those things where it's kind of a double-edged sword because other otherwise you get a game like mass effect where it's you know save the baby eat the baby black and white but on the other hand if you have a game like skyrim where you know it has no effect on the story then it has pretty much no effect on anything so I, I don't know what I prefer. I almost kind of prefer Skyrim's route where I could just, you know, do what I want. And my, my only consequence is get killed on site in the city, and that's okay with me. Yeah, no, again, the more I find with Western RPGs, especially in that PS3 and 360 era, I mean, morality systems were getting more interesting. I wouldn't say they were, like, as complex as they are now. Um, but I think the consequences, at least with Skyrim, are so little, again, especially compared to playing, like, Fallout 3, which I believe came before it. Again, if you went the kill yeah. the baby route, like, the consequences in, in Fallout 3 are astronomical to the player. Whereas, you know, in Skyrim, yeah. you murder a bunch of people, you're wanted, nobody gives a shit. Maybe they find you. I mean, I had a great glitch where I was wanted in a different city, and I basically let them just chase me around the map. I just, I'm just running away and I'm killing the ones that are following me. And I think just one guy kept following me at one point later on in the game. I just remember there was just this random guy from that town. This must've been like an hour after I like, you know, did my shits and gigs. And I'm like, why is this guy still following me? Like it's been an hour. Like I thought I got away from you. But that's one of the beauties of Skyrim's glitches. Just the weirdest things will happen. And yeah. you don't know why it's happening or 
Um, just if a wire got crossed, like it's very bizarre. Um, I was saying to Kelly before the show, I had a really great glitch where um, a dragon spawned in the ground. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me, you know, I'm walking around, I'm killing a dragon that's above me and I'm killing things. And I'm like, but what's actually killing me? Because something's trying to kill me. And it's this dragon and you can barely see it, but it's breathing fire and it's damaging me. And I'm like, well, I need to go kill this dragon. I'm thinking, well, it's on my level. I can punch it. I could not punch it because it had glitched so badly. I couldn't kill the dragon. When I reloaded my save, the dragon was still stuck in the ground. That's a and good callback like, to the dragon punching, by the way. Yeah. Nicely, yep. nicely done. Sometimes I'm very, very good at transitions, and sometimes I'm beyond terrible at them. But yeah, like, can you guys think of like, any weird glitches you got while playing the game? I, uh, my no. weirdest glitch was I had saved an orc in a town, and he said to go to this place, to this fort, and tell them that you know, know this orc. And I, I went to that place and talked to the orc leader in the fort and said the name. And all of the orcs just like up and attacked me. And for some reason, <laughs> when I tried to, yeah, when I tried to reload my save, like that entire fort was completely hostile to me afterwards. And I couldn't figure out what I did or how I managed to do, to do that. And I was very frustrated because, you know, I wanted to, you know, get into some of the orc weaponry and stuff. And it's like, well, I guess every one of these orcs in this fort is going to have to die. So, um, <laughs> kind of went on a murder spree there because I was not in the mood to reset the the whatever it is that causes you to be wanted at that point using the console. And it was like, well, that, that was unfortunate. I guess every orc in uh, Skyrim is going to hate me now. But That does sound very... Patrick Bateman. Well, I guess just every one of these orcs is going to have to die. Yep. Pretty much. And and to this day, I still don't know if, if, if it was a glitch or if I just, you know, insulted that orc's mother by accident or what. It was weird. The only thing that I remember happening to me is um, I lost my companion in a pirate uh, or like a pirate cave or a, I, I'm calling them pirates, but I guess they were more just like regular robbers. Um, and he stayed in there for like six months. And then he came out. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> um, it was it was to the it was one of the one of the companions from White Run. I think it's one of the brothers. I think they were brothers, and and one of them becomes your guy. Um, anyway, I went in there, no problem. He followed me, and when after and after we had cleared out the cave, I left. And and I don't even know how long it was because you know you just kind of run and you just assume your companion is somewhere behind you <laughs> catching up. Um, and eventually I re so that's the problem. It's like, I didn't even, I don't think I even realized at the time, like where I lost him. I just eventually just, Oh shit, he's not here. Um, how long has he not been here? Okay. So where is he at? And it took a long time. I think I found him by accident, um, either tracking down some quest objective or just randomly like going to different, like I said, like I like, I like to do just go into different locations and one day I found him when I just randomly went back in that cave and shoop, there he was popped right up and, you know, fought right alongside me. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and, uh, and he stayed behind again. And this, and, but this time I like, now I knew, Oh, this is where he's at. And um, I think I looked it up and I couldn't, I, from what I remember, there were no fixes to this. And I just kept playing and every now and then would vis visit that cave. And just randomly one day, I don't know how many visits it took, he left the cave when I did and was like, oh, buddy, <laughs> we're back together. And that was it. 
But you know, I love so that, that. But that goes to tell you, uh, goes to show you that the companion was also very um, so uh, like useless. It it just meant I didn't have an extra storage chest with me for however long that took. Um, and it ne and never affected my gameplay in any way. Not having a freaking companion. Yeah, I mean that was the frustrating thing for me and companions in this game is the ones that I hated. I just couldn't wait to either leave behind or let them die, and the ones that I loved, I didn't want to bring with me because I didn't want them to die because I honestly wasn't sure if permadeath was a thing in this game with the companions or not. So, um, not that I ever saw. Maybe some not, of them it is. Was it? How many times did I say to you that I tried to kill Lydia? She just yeah, they just yeah. go. They kind of go down on one knee and eventually, like, oh, I'm better. Okay. I'm trying to remember, and maybe one of you can correct me. Did the companions actually have like special skills in Skyrim? Because I don't remember them having like any special or unique skills oh. um, compared to like again playing uh, the Fallout games, where the companions hmm. actually have skills. <laughs> I'm not like, sure. The only thing I could think game. of, yeah, the only one I could imagine maybe is if you have a companion from the actual like Companions Guild who are spoilers werewolves. Yes. I wonder if you, when you transform into a werewolf, maybe they do too, but I couldn't tell you if that's the case or not. Huh. I remember with the werewolf DLC that, yeah, like you, you got the werewolf skills, right? Because the other one option was you could be a vampire, right? Because that whole uh, DLC. Yeah, the, but the werewolf was part of the base game, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, it's just you could actually you could actually transform into the werewolf if you had the DLC. Mm. Like you couldn't do it in the main game. Because I remember when I got uh, Dawn Guard, the game actually will like outright ask you, do you want to become a vampire or do you want to become a lycanthrope? And I was like, well, vampires are stupid, so of course I'm going to go lycanthrope. I mean, I feel like you could, because I don't think I ever purchased DLC and I was able to transform. I'm wondering I'm wondering if it was because if you get bitten by one, maybe? Yeah, that might have been. That eventually, been the, the quest that. line kind of goes there. Yeah. And that that's the only thing I can think of, Pascal, outside of the stupid DLC. Did, <laughs> did you do the, the, companion, the Companions quest uh, quest line? I did. I yeah. did. But I, again, okay. I don't remember. Again, my, my brain's a little fuzzy. I don't remember. Or maybe um, there's certain choices you can make that, that block that off. I don't. I believe I did have the option of, of transforming, or maybe it was only during certain times. Maybe, maybe certain times. It's one of those ones where it's, Yeah. I don't know. If I think I, I used it once, like in the entire game. It was, again, neat idea, but it was, was totally it, right? unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's how I felt about playing the Dawnguard DLC. It was just, it's a fun concept being able to be either a werewolf or a vampire and you do the quest chains and whatever. But it was a totally pointless DLC. Like, I think the best DLC was the one where just it gave you all the added storage, the children, the houses, um, so that you could just build your weird Nordic fantasy. Like, that was the only one I remember, like, people actually giving a shit about. And I remember people Heart, being like... Hearthfire. Yeah, Hearthfire. Whereas Dragonborn, I remember people being like, well, this doesn't add anything to the stupid dragon story. And it's like, well, yeah, because the story is literally go kill the ultimate dragon, which is fucking stupid. So I remember Guard. I remember finishing that and being like, this is dumb because I can just either be a werewolf or a vampire and just kill everybody or, I don't know, terrorize people, which is what I did. And then the last DLC, the Dragonborn one, it was just like, I guess they're trying to add to the ending, even though the ending's not interesting. Um, the DLCs were pretty pointless in this game, especially like, again, it's I, I'm sorry that I feel bad that I'm making these comparisons, but I think back to Fallout where... You play the even fall like Fallout Three, which came before it, you know, and Fallout Four. 
just the DLCs were much more interesting experiences where like they added to the story or they added to the environmental storytelling or they added really interesting content where I think Skyrim kind of missed the mark because it was just literally, let's add these really silly things because these are just clearly things people want. They yeah, want I to agree. go and be a vampire. They want to go um, have babies and really understand the whole point of having babies in Skyrim. <laughs> I was like, why is this here? It's basically playing yeah. The Sims, but I could just go play The Sims. The only thing I'll say, like, to defend Skyrim there is you're, you're absolutely right with all of that. I agree that Fallout DLC was much better, but um, Skyrim came packed in with a lot of, uh, you know, what, I mean, it's not DLC, but you might as well just consider it like that, like a lot of bonus content. So even though the actual DLC, to me, was um, pretty uninteresting, uh, there was so much extra stuff to do in the base game already that it it, it made up for it i think and t- uh, i remember fallout 3 like it was as great as it was i um i think it was a little bit more barren right and and probably not on purpose even though it is a waste i i agree with you actually like quite a bit like fallout fallout 3 also suffers the same bethesda problem of just the main story is incredibly stupid <laughs> and you play it and that's not what you're playing that game for. It's, it's like Skyrim. The goal is you're exploring the world. You're enjoying the weird things that are happening. You want to learn why the world the way that it is. You, you want to meet the characters and find out why their lives are the way that they are. You don't play the games being like, I'm the Dovahkiin and I want to like fuck up a dragon. Because yeah. no Although I think I think Find Your Fallout Daddy is more interesting than than Skyrim's story. Even, Finding even... Your Fallout Daddy is is a better story because your Fallout Daddy is Liam Neeson. That's <laughs> yeah, that too. Cool. That's pretty cool. But, you know, the whole quest for water story um, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But that's for a different podcast in a different universe on a different day. Um, uh, no, it isn't, because I plan on bringing up Fallout 3 some more. Okay, then I'm fine with this too, because I, I have my own uh, my own issues with Fallout 3. Um, but, you know, I'm the jerk that's like, Fallout New Vegas is the best Fallout, fuck all y'all. Did I say that out loud? Did I say the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud? I, I, I'm afraid to say so, because I, I kind of like killing the dragons in this game. Oh, no! Killing the dragons in Skyrim is fun. Like, I am never going to criticize that again. I punched a dragon. And that was my greatest thrill, given no game lets you punch a dragon in the face. Yeah. Um, There is a lot of joy that comes with killing things in Skyrim. Because the game is very shameless about what it is. You are a Nordic person. The world is your oyster. You can kind of do whatever you want. And again, you have no consequence whatsoever. So why wouldn't you live out whatever fantasy you want? And the way that the game does goes into slow-mo mode when you land a killing blow just makes that power fantasy even more awesome. Absolutely. Oh, my God. The cheese in the slow-mo is just, it's a chef's kiss. It is so <laughs> stupid. I love it. Um you know, as much as like I rag on Skyrim, I have a lot of fond memories playing it. And I think it's just because the game tried to be super serious, but obviously like as time has gone on, it's obviously not. Like it's it's just a child's fan- power fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I recognizing that now more um old as an older person, 
makes me appreciate the game a lot more because at the end of the day, I recognize that I, I had a lot of fun playing it for all its flaws, for all its glitches, for all the stupidity in it. You can't deny that you're not having fun the entire time. Oh, yeah. It, it was one of those games that I was kind of sucked into where it's like, you know, I, I, I could be playing Skyrim right now instead of... Well, doing my work <laughs> and it seems it claws into you very easily like like yeah. pascal was talking about that intro bit is incredibly fabulous mm-hmm. it is so well done and that's where it's almost a shame that the rest of it doesn't have the same like staying power in a lot of ways um it's one of those things where again i think bethesda's always been at fault for just how it does its storytelling it's <laughs> It almost feels like half the time that there are so many different hands in the pot and none of the pots agree. Mm-hmm. It's always how I feel when I play a Bethesda game. I think about when I played Fallout 4 for the first time and then I played some of the DLC. And like the Far Harbor DLC in Fallout 4 is magnificent. It's got a cohesive story. The environmental storytelling is incredibly interesting. The world is interesting. And then I go back to playing Fallout 4 and I'm like, but I don't like this as much. Because there are bits and bobs that just don't fit together. Skyrim, for what it's worth, doesn't take itself too seriously. And and that's a good thing, I think. And I think it's okay with the fact that most of the bits and bobs don't fit together. Because again, who cares? Yeah. You have no real stakes. If If the game was closer to something like Mass Effect where the stakes mattered, that'd be one thing. But the joy of Skyrim is that literally nothing matters. Nothing that you do matters. And that's okay, because you've got this jumbo sandbox to just have fun in, try different things, and do it with gusto. There is so much fun to just being like, I just want to terrorize this town because I can. I think what got me to finally kind of get over my I'm scared of Western RPGs is playing Breath of the Wild for the first time, which kind of had was in that same sandbox. You know, you know, the story in Breath of the Wild was nothing to write home about. But the fun in that it was, you know, where's the next shrine or where's the next quest hub? You know, just running around and doing whatever you want in the big open world. And I definitely got that feeling when I was playing, doing my playthrough of Skyrim this summer because I just like, oh God, it's another cave. I cannot wait to go through this other cave and, fi- and fi- figure out what's going to be at the end of it. Is it going to be another j- Dragonborn voice? Is it going to be some good loot? Or what am I going to find? And, you know, to, to me, a game doesn't have to have a kick-ass story if it has a good gameplay loop. No, absolutely. If Again, at the end of the day, we are playing video games because we want to have fun and we want to get lost in an experience. And again, for all the crappy things Bethesda does, the one thing that it is magnificent at is making the player have fun. The loops are just so easy to fall into. And I think that's a testament to just how well people get invested. It's, again, Skyrim is something that I look back at and I go, yeah, I had a ton of fun playing that. I had no fucking concept about how to play a Western RPG. Um, you know, the only other one I had played, I think, prior to it was Mass Effect. And I played, it was Mass Effect 1. And that's a completely different experience where, again, it's closer to save the baby, eat the baby. Mm-hmm. Right? Because morality in Mass Effect matters. Where in Skyrim, 
again, they could have went that route. They chose not to, and that's okay. It was weird to go from Skyrim to Fallout 3. Like, that was actually kind of jarring, because in Fallout 3, morality matters. And the world of, of Fallout 3 is super interesting, um, but again, then you just kind of see the holes. And as much as the holes are big and glaring, I still had a lot of fun playing it. And then I think Fallout 4 does a good job of bridging some of the great things about Skyrim and some of the more interesting elements of Fallout 3. And again, do I think it was a perfect experience? No. Did I have fun? Absolutely. That's weird because technically my first Western RPG tube is Mass Effect um, the previous year. So we, me and you were on the same trajectory last we, year. We were. The past two years, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very proud of myself in a lot of ways that I got out of that notion that you know JRPGs were the only JR uh, were the only RPGs because I did have that problem for a long time. Like I was very stuck in my ways, and again, I married a person where who didn't really play JRPGs. So when we started dating, like Scott and I, like started to share with each other our favorite games from both genres. I mean, it's why now like. I love Jade Empire and why I think Jade Empire is one of the best Western RPGs out there and why I'm so mad that Wuxia games don't exist. I mean, obviously it's because how do you top Jade Empire? That's actually really hard. Um, but I, I have a lot of like really amazing memories now of, of playing different kinds of Western RPGs and seeing how much I've evolved as a person in terms of both my taste and just my understanding of role-playing games. Mm -hmm. And again, like making choices in games now is so fun. And again, because because the one beauty about Western RPGs is you can really can be any kind of person you want. You don't have to be the hero if you don't want to. Um, and I think Skyrim embodies that really well. Um, you know, your Dovahkiin could just be a total dick the whole game, but at the end of the game, he's still going to be celebrated because you know he defeated Eldwin, the Overlord Dragon, right? Right. It's so stupid, but you buy into it because it's it's stupid. It's just stupid. Yep, and he can be the the leader of the thieves guild, the yeah. assassins guild, the companions, the mages college, or just about I think any faction almost. Yep, at the same time. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because it's like, how how do you, the Dovahkiin, have that much time to invest into all those different guilds? And how are you doing it well? Because I feel like you can't, like, be the boss well. Like, do but, you have you know, time for this now? <laughs> I, I'm a Dovahkiin of many trades, apparently. It's because by the time you get to be the boss, there is no more, there are no more re requests. There's nothing else for the guild left to do because you've solved every single problem that they've ever had. <laughs> yeah, that game's really bad for that. <laughs> you solved everyone's problems. Yay! Except Radiant Quests. Fuck Radiant Quests. Yay. See, I never, I never did any radiant quests. Yeah, if I'm um, not understanding, if I'm understanding what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So terrible from a like, the whole game is so great for like checking things off your completion list, right? Like, oh, this map icon got filled in, and oh, this quest is done, and oh, I'm a leader of this guild, but radiant quests. Uh, they, oh, are those they're, the randomly they're the generated random ones? ones? Yeah, okay. and they never end. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I. Okay, never. I thought you meant something else. Okay, yeah, I kept a bunch of those in my log. At the yeah. time, I didn't realize that they were just random quests just to do stuff. So again, when I'm when I'm getting upwards of a hundred hours and everything is getting moved to the completed quest like file or whatever, it it 
it bugs when you have these other things just like sitting there because they're radiant and there's no point in doing them and there will be more of them. But that's it. <laughs> I'm not bitter about them or anything. Just yeah, no. I mean, it's something to do if you need money or exp or just want to kill some time. Yeah. Well, I guess so. I mean, I I I. I, I always assumed they were just there, like, well, if you just really enjoy stealthing in in the <laughs> thieves guild and you've done the other, the you know, the quests that matter, now you can just do these. But I get like I I don't kind of see the point in that because the mechanic isn't as, enough fun to want to continue it past the point of that you need to. And if you do everything the game already gives you to do, there's no no real reason that you probably need to grind more experience. I don't know. I don't I don't see the point in them. Yeah. Um. Just talking about being a JRPG player, learning to appreciate Western RPGs, I, I think the catalyst here is kind of the consolification of Western RPGs in a way that has made them more approachable and more accessible to people like me that get a little overwhelmed by stats or have kind of a hard time figuring out what, what to do in a game. You know, like uh, like an Oblivion, or in my case, I've I've tried to boot up the original Fallout multiple times, and I get out of that first cave, and I get my ass handed to me by a scorpion, and I have no idea <laughs> yeah. where to go or what to do, and it's like fuck this game. I, I realize it's important for gaming history, but to me, it's just not. You know, ha- having to have a walkthrough and another tab just to figure out how to get to the next town without getting stabbed. To me, that's not fun. Yeah, but fa- the original Fallout is intimidating for a lot of for a lot of probably modern players, and for many many other reasons besides just oh. it's a Western RPG. I tried to play Fallout One and Two. I couldn't do it. And, and I'm sure there are people screaming at their radio or whatever they're listening to this to right now. It's like it's not intimidating. You just suck. And it's like, yeah, I, I probably true. do. I, I probably do. No, no, it's true. I, I'm a baby. But I I need direction in a game to be able to enjoy it for the most part. And games like Skyrim and Breath of the Wild that do a good job of funneling you into the open world so that when you do get to that opening spot, you're ready to take it on. To me, do a much better job than what Fallout tried to do even though technically fallout isn't an open game but you guys know what i mean right i totally like what you're saying yeah um so, so there you go um unless we have anything else to get into i think we're ready to take a break and go tackle the round table even though kind of this whole show has been a round table i i I have my outline, but really, I've just been enjoying just shooting the shit about this game for real. Yeah, and... that's because Skyrim is a round table. If we yeah. if we wanted to talk about the main uh, the main story, it, uh, we would. Well, obviously, we have already, and it took all of a minute and a half. Yep, yep. So uh, we're gonna come back and we're kind of get get into our favorite moments, our favorite what we were doing when we was playing the game, that kind of stuff. So stick around. We'll be back.
welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are going to get into the Skyrim Roundtable. Would you like? Would you didn't like? Your favorites? Your non favorites? So, I had. Did you go? Did you go Imperial or Stormcloak at the top of the list? And then th through the course of the show, you guys are like, "Well, I didn't do either." And it's like, "Well, that's a question I could throw out right off the bat." <laughs> so. It's, instead, I'm gonna ask, but what what's the best side quest? Uh, the one where I got accidental lesbian married. That, is the best <laughs> quest. that was your quest. That wasn't. I don't think it's really. A, oh wait, hey, no, you said you did it as part of a quest. Okay. It was part of the because I got the amulet of Myra. Remember? You said you fell asleep. <laughs> How great was, of a quest was it? <laughs> Look, most of the quests in Skyrim are just quests. I, I mean, that's okay. I don't even remember Markarth or this, these other cities that you're talking about, so... <laughs> I know, right? I, I clearly made these up. They're totally bullshit out of my ass, and that's okay. I still love you, Pascal. I'm sure it exists. That name sounds familiar. I cannot recall any city other than the ones we, the other ones we mentioned. All of them are pretty vivid in my mind, except for that one. Nope. See, I, I think that I completely missed out on like the bottom half of the map. Mm -hmm. I, that's Which, how I feel about like the western portion. I, I don't think I went there too often. Which is, is very easy to do, I found. Just completely fuck off in one area and not... <laughs> touch it at all i had the same problem in breath of the wild when i replayed mm -hmm. it on the switch and it's like i have no memory of this place oh because i never went here um yeah that that being said kind of my my on paper answer for best side quest is the whole magic guild storyline because that was just epic and at the end of the storyline i became the head archmage of the guild which was amazing and i had my own little chamber with all sorts of enchantment materials and stuff so yeah, i but then you leave and you go do other shit and you never come back there so what what a help for them it is that you're the archmage eh they'll, they'll deal with it. they were fine with, without me before they can be fine now um but yeah i I, I say that my actual favorite side quest, I can't even remember what the name of it was. I just know that I was going into this tomb and this lady kind of stopped me and was like, hey, if you figure out how to open this locked door in the tomb, I'll let you have half of whatever is in there. So I'm like, okay, and kind of go around, open the locks and what have you, get the door open and the lady, when I get this when I open the door, runs in. It's like, haha, ha, suck to be you. I'm going to take all the loot. <laughs> and then she gets impaled on the ceiling. <laughs> and that happened. And I thought I was going to fall out of my chair laughing so hard because it was very comedic. Just lady runs in to get the loot. And then this thing comes up out of the ground and smushes her into these spikes in the ceiling. And it's like, wow, that was perfect comedic timing. Good, good job, Bethesda. Do you say what now? Uh, I was just going to ask, is this just a, a random place you went? Yeah, I mean, I just w went into a cave that led into a tomb. Yeah. I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you for the life of me how, what quest that was or how to find it yourself. I don't even know if it was a Radiant yeah. quest or not. That's But there you go. That's, that's why I love just walking around and finding things to do versus what the game has prepared for you but but yeah that that had me laughing so hard i thought it was gonna hurt myself um i don't i don't know what your favorite side quest mm. is pascal okay uh well I, I like you i don't really remember names or specifics about like actual quests but as far as like quest chain i guess i like the assassin's guild i know they have a name that's i think bird related <laughs> i don't know 
red sparrows or something um anyway in in the uh in like the guild quest there's i mean that's there, there's a lot of cool things in there like there's a um a dead body that starts um like uh, the oh god i i think it's like the previous head of the guild or something like that like they like it's like a mummified corpse and they all kind of revere it and it, it gets carted around Skyrim um, from one location to another. And when you finally, like when it finally like reaches like the, the, the hideout or whatever of the, of the guild, then you come to find out that it like whispers to you and it gives you directions. Like the spirit within it is, is talking to you. And there's a, oh, wow. a quest. Yeah. It's part of the, uh, it's part of the, you becoming the, what, like the, the leader of the guild slowly, I guess. Um, quest chain and the the jester like there's a jester character in the game i think you actually can find him walking around skyrim at, at various points and mm -hmm. he becomes uh he becomes part of uh that whole like guild story um and it's it's one of the from what i remember it's one of the longer um guild side quests and just overall kind of enjoyable I, like it's really dark I like that. And I just forget. I just remembered another one that stuck out to me: the murder investigation in yeah, um, like the Winterhold or yeah, um, mm -hmm. like because, there's a serial killer on the loose, right? That's the one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, that's great. Because I, I, I wanted to buy that house so bad, so I'm going through the whole motions trying to buy that house, and I, including doing that murder investigation. And they're like, something is fishy about that house. Go check it out. Yeah. And go in there, and I find the guy's murder dungeon, and it's like, oh god, th this is kind of gross and disturbing going into the guy's murder dungeon because it was hidden behind a, a wardrobe, like a false door in a wardrobe, and it was just creepy and unsettling, and that that really stuck with me. But I appreciated that when you bought the house and got it furnished, that <laughs> the murder dungeon turned into your little magic uh, hovel for enchanting and stuff. So that was another, another particularly memorable quest. I'm so, I'm sorry, I had to talk talk about that one, because that one was on my mind, too. Yeah, there, no, there's I, too, too many good side quests in this game. You, you remember more details about it than I did, but I, I remembered that there was a murder investigation in one of the in one of the cities somewhere up in the like in the northeastern corner, I think, or in the east somewhere. I, I kind of lose track of which city is which sometimes. But yeah, yeah they all kind of run together after what, 200 hours of gameplay. Yeah, isn't uh, that the city where Ulfric is? Yeah. 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 Because I, I like that house a little bit better than the one that was in White Run that you're kind of given as default. Um, I didn't fill it with cabbages, though. So did did any of us have a funniest or favorite moment that they remember? Lesbian marriage, punching a dragon while it was in the ground, and then it killing me. <laughs> For me, even though the, the I already said that one funny moment, the other funny one was just... Me being a newbie in the world, running around, just kind of like, oh, there's a wolf, I'm going to kill it. Oh, there's some mammoths, I'm going to stab them. Oh, there's some storm giants, I'm going to go pick a fight with them. And I'm in orbit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I should have known that given how many videos I've seen of uh, storm giants knocking people to the moon. And how funny they are. Why did, why did I do that? But kiting around a storm giant so that you can kill it is also fun. And they drop a lot of mammoths 
mammoth tusks for building stuff so that's cool yeah i don't i don't remember any particularly like funny moments unfortunately you were talking about the last the last thing you were asking was like kind of memorable stuff though there's a place um i think it's near white run hmm, ish near ish where if you go there at a certain time of night or like on a certain night of the month or however skyrim measures its time i don't remember you can find like a ghostly spirit that and I think it leads to it's either part of or it leads to another side quest. Like that's kinda neat. Oh, I that must be a hidden thing or something. Well, yeah, just hidden in the fact of like it's not always accessible. It's you have to get kind of lucky to run into it. Um, supposedly they people have even found out ten years later that foxes in the game lead you to stuff. Mm, okay. Which what, I is it, I ghost, is a ghost of Tsushima now? No, I mean. And that's I know that that's what people were thinking that they're probably thinking I'm confusing the two, but no, apparently the foxes had sort of an AI to them too, where if you followed them, they would like lead you to treasure chests or caves or whatnot. I I, I think I read the article on Kotaku that was talking about that. Um, I just remembered something else from the Assassins Guild. Um, when I don't know if it's after you complete it, but at some point, one of your rewards for um for following the guild is you get to uh, replace your horse with the uh, the undead zombie horse. He doesn't he doesn't look like a like he's not like decaying flesh or anything, but he's got um I think he has shiny red eyes and he's all black. Oh cool. Get the assassin horse. Awesome. Um so so did you guys have any uh, memories of what you kind of was doing in your life associated with playing the game? I believe this was the second time my mom was sick with cancer second time yeah when it came out so i had a lot going on in my life just you know helping my my folks with cancer treatment and stuff like that um so this was a good escape game for me just especially when things were feeling pretty hard yeah i mean that's that's what i love about video games if they're good enough they can just melt all your problems or at least your anxiety about all your problems away um yes i was I was playing it with my son, um, meaning, meaning like he was actually playing his own playthrough on like on his account. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back when it came out, he would have been 10. And then, you know, it stuck around for like the next year, two, three years, maybe after that. So um, so good times. We, you know, we ended up buying like the guy that like it's like this massive guide uh, for the game. Obviously, a game like this needs like a giant. Um, strategy guide and so that was a that was a great experience i can't remember if my husband bought that game or not or not that game that i'm sorry that guide um because i know he bought the bought the game at some point or i no i actually i bought it for him for his birthday but never mind <laughs> that's t- 10 years ago so not my most current playthrough, which is, you know, the first time I played it this year, but back when the game was still, like, majorly in the zeitgeist, um, my husband and I were just in awe of the beams and made arrow to the knee jokes everywhere. And I want to say for Valentine's Day that year, he got me a card that I still have lying around somewhere. Or no, it was a card. It was the... F- card that came with my flowers that he sent to my office and the poem on it read something like roses are red violets are blue i took an arrow to the knee and fell in love with you or or something i can't remember the exact poem i'd have to dig dig it out of my memory box and find it but the, the joke was definitely arrow to the knee 
And I'm like sitting there reading that. I'm like, I, I literally have the best husband on the planet because that that's just the perfect chef's kiss po- poem that encompasses our relationship. The, the, the latest meme, you know, he, he's known for doing stuff like this. Like he's get, sent me cards or he's gotten me cards where like every, you know, every first word in a poem added up to never going to give you up. You know, he he's, he loves doing that kind of stuff. And so just ha- having the arrow to the knee joke in a in a card for our Valentine's Day it was just awesome to me. Um, and that that's definitely one of my favorite memories about Skyrim because I mean, I, I played it this year and it was just kind of like, oh, that's that's my summer game. I don't really have any too many memories associated with it other than you know practically staying up way too late getting sucked into it and spending time like determined to pick a lock and going through a thousand lock picks um but yeah uh definitely lots of good memories definitely had a good time playing this it sounded like you guys had a good time playing it too well yeah but like as good as it was um it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree because th- Sam, you were saying like you have you know you have some problems with Fallout Three. I mean Fallout Three really sucked me in. Uh, I never with Skyrim. I really enjoyed it, but it never. I played Fallout Three first, and it didn't ever get to the point where like there was a um a couple of days where I was playing so much Fallout Three. Like I think I was like slightly addicted to it for a short period of time. No, and that's good. I mean. I, I, I piss on Fallout 3 just mostly because, again, I really do hate that story. I think that story is just, it's so problematic and it's so stupid. But I'm never going to deny, again, just finding the side quests and yeah. finding the environmental bits that are just so clever and so smart. I will never go to Little Lamplight ever again, though. I hate those children. As a person who works <laughs> in children's programming, I love kids. I love hanging out with them. I hate those children specifically. <laughs> In, uh, in Fallout 3, what really did it for me was um, a, a handful of – so anytime you stumble on another vault, because I know you come – I think the one you come from is Vault 23. or No, okay, maybe I'm not sure. Some, whatever it is. Um, but you find other vaults if you happen to, like, stumble across them or take a quest that tells you to go to one. And in almost all of them, like that you can actually enter, something happened, like some shit went down. And it to me, it was like, oh, God, it was so fascinating to like figure out what happened in this other because it's 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 so it's such a like different world in the vaults than it is on the surface. And each vault completely like once they get sealed off, they went their own complete like timeline you know nothing um nothing matches to to the evolution like in the other vaults it was just it was really fucking fascinating to uh to explore those and nothing in skyrim ever got to that point well that's it i think skyrim was very simplistic in a lot of what it did and that's okay and that's kind of what i always go back to partially why i like the follow games just a little bit more is just there is a little more nuance to the quest there is a little bit more nuance to the world again there's consequence and i think consequence is such an important element um you know in the bethesda games again you can do anything you want in skyrim and there's literally no consequence to your actions and that's a different kind of fun i think in a lot of ways um and that's why it's like i I can say i i enjoyed both again when i think about like bethesda made rpgs that i've played i like fallout 4 a lot more because i think it just blends it shows how much 
Bethesda has grown in a lot of ways. But that's where I also kind of nitpick and go, I still think that New Vegas was better. <laughs> but again, as I've, I've pointed out repeatedly, I'm an, I'm an obsidian whore, so... You know, I was say, the non Bethesda Fallout is my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, just in general, I've always found for me personally, Obsidian just hits all the right notes for me personally. But I, I give Fallout four points because I think there's a lot. It showed a lot of maturity and growth from what Skyrim and Fallout three were for sure. And so, I think that's good. So this is kind of crazy, but I'm 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 low key kind of excited. To someday play Fallout seventy six. Ooh, <laughs> that's surprising. Given what I've given what I've heard about that game. Yeah, Pascal, you said you weren't feeling well tonight, correct? <laughs> Should really we not. be concerned for you? Uh, it, is this starting to manifest itself? It really might be. I was, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm the one that got the Rona vaccine, and you're the one that's talking crazy. I feel a relapse coming on. Oh no! <laughs> as long How as many fingers no... am I holding up? How many fingers? Is it the middle one? Ah, see. As long as it, it's that was one of many. <laughs> so both middle fingers, one from Ooh, each hand. Yeah, the psychic mm. powers are working. Only a couple hundred miles apart, he can see it. I mean, there's bad, and then there's so bad it's good. And I think from what I've heard, Fallout 76 actually falls into that, into the latter category. I'm kind of excited to experience it one day. I get it. You, sometimes you just got to see the train wreck. Like, yeah, you, you got to be there. You got to you got to see what it's like. I mean, there's there's a reason why we did an Idea Factory episode and why we're attempting going to be pulling together another shit show episode for next year we just haven't landed on what also it takes it takes a year to find (laughs) enough participants to volunteer for that yeah yeah like hey you're walking into you want to subject your guys yourself to pain have we got the show for you to be on you always have to wait for the next hiring call so that there's like fresh blood (laughs) who's unsuspecting and we always got to try to find someone who's absolutely in love with that concept Oh, of because, course. Oh, the opposing viewpoints would be wonderful. Of course. Oh, um, this um, has been a good show tonight. I I think we're ready to put this one to bed because um, some some of us needed to go to bed a little bit early, and um, I think we kind of ran out of Skyrim stuff to talk about there. Because I mean, we could probably sit here all day and wax awesome about Skyrim, but I don't know. I think I'm tapped dry pretty much at this point. <laughs> I, I, I definitely think I did. <laughs> I, I think because that's the thing. There's just nothing else to say. Yeah, I, I think I've hit the arrow to the knee as well. <laughs> see, see the, well, the whole show, and we only brought that up maybe a handful of times. But I know I was uh, a little disappointed. I didn't get more meme action going. Oh, oh don't get me wrong. The memes in this that spawn from this are freaking hilarious, but they were also kind of overdone. Just a just a tad. Um, I don't know if you guys were present for the meme of uh, the doing the now you're oh you're awake opening scene in various videos and stuff. Probably not. You mean like um, Breath of the Wild? Is that what you are you referring no. to? Like how the game starts or no? For Skyrim, there was a meme going around about inserting the now you're awake uh, um, scene. Who the hell says that? Or when you first wake up on the cart. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I've no, even seen it. people get a color-changing mug that, that when it's hot, turns into that scene where you wake up, which is pretty funny. But I, I, I think we're ready to put this one to bed when I'm having to explain memes that apparently only I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, everyone out there, you three especially, thank you for uh, joining us in our radiant quest to talk about Skyrim here tonight. Um, I think we've punched enough dragons, taken enough arrows to the knee. Um, we already bought a murder hovel. We've remembered a perfectly all the proper names of every city and side quest in the game and accidentally found ourselves in a lesbian marriage. Or at least we did most of those things. I, I really can't remember. It's been too many years already. But, but thank you, all our audience out there, for listening. Good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. Take care. We drink to our youth for the days come and gone. For the age of aggression is just about done. We'll drive out the storm cloaks and restore what we own. With our blood and our steel, we will take back our home. Down with Afric, the killer of kings. On the day of your death, we will drink and we'll sing. We're the children of Skyrim and we fight all our lives. And when Southern Guard beckons, every one of us dies. I'm that dirty one.